welcome once again to EWTN's Bookmark. I'm Doug Keck, your host. Our special guest author, Paula Umana. Her book, 40 Gifts of Hope, Encouragement in Times of Sickness and Suffering. Boy, do we need it now. Available through our EWTN Religious Catalog, EWTNRC.com, for all things Catholic. Paul, it's a pleasure to meet you. How are you? It's an honor now, to be here. Right. Now, this is the first time you've, you've been at EWTN, though, right? Uh, second time. I was in Spanish a couple of months ago. Okay, great. Now, you, you wrote a book, 40 Gifts of Hope, Encouragement in Times of Sickness and Suffering. Why is it 40 gifts? How'd you end up with 40? It's very funny because when I was finishing um, my book, I had 38 stories, and I said, oh, let me go and finish with 40. And then when I finished with 40, I realized number 40 is super important, mm -hmm. you know? is the Lent, um, you know, uh, 40 weeks of life when, when you're pregnant, you get a baby and, you know. And Moses was how many years in the right. desert? 40 years. I don't know, it just came like that. And, and then I realized when I got ill, when I got sick, I was 40 years old. Okay. So I, I'm not uh, trying to play a lot with numbers, right. but at the end, this book has 40 stories, right. and, and it came out with this wonderful number that is related to God in so many ways. Right. Now, your story is especially interesting for a lot of people because you were an athlete, right, in Costa Rica. You were a top tennis player. You were coming to the United States, right, going to go to college, and you were going to have this great career, and everything's been wonderful. Not quite. Yeah. Yeah, I was a professional tennis player, and um, everything was going pretty well. And then when I was 40 years old, I got very ill with a neurological condition. Mm -hmm. And when I was very sick at the, at the hospital, I realized I needed more resources to deal with everything, with the pain, with, mm -hmm. with all the suffering I was going through. And that's when the inspiration came right. to me to, to write this book and try to give it as a gift for, for everybody. Over what period of time did you actually put the book together? In reality, it took me around four years because the first time it came to me was in 2016. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, when you are an independent author, it's not something like, and I was not able to write. My hands were, well, still, you know, mm -hmm. very difficult. I didn't know how to do it. And uh, it was a process. So how did, you, how did you go about writing it then? Did you record it? Uh, My method was very interesting. I used to be in a, um, well, I'm paraplegic, you know, but I was in a bicycle, and in the mornings I just pray in the bike. I don't know why that was the way. And I just download an app in my phone, and I talk the stories on the phone, in Spanish first, and then I send it to my niece, Luciana, that was my helper, and we translate the stories. So that was the right way. I didn't write it by hand, or it was everything recorded most right. of the time. Okay, yeah. and then transcribed. I thought it was interesting at the beginning, very beginning of the book, and you have all these stories. You have this beautiful picture of you and your and your family, and you talk about your husband. Is it Sergey or Serge? Serge. He's Serge. French, so it's Serge. Serge, <laughs> uh, my husband. And you say he's your adventure partner. Why did you say adventure partner? Well, we have been going through everything. You know, when you get married, you say on the richness and on the poor, in the illness and on the health, right? Mm -hmm. And we have been going through everything, pretty much. When we got married, he lost his job, and we started again from zero. Right. But now he's a great chiropractor. Right. And, uh, and also, you know, after having all that strength and being the most active person, I lose all my control, all my strength. And I was a woman paralyzed in a bed. Mm -hmm. And, and he, he really showed who he was. He right. was my Joseph. He's my Joseph right. in all this process. And of course, 
we are not like super holy people, you know, we're just human beings full of mistakes. And he was not like, he was always so focused, mm -hmm. you know, when the problems were there. Right. He, did, he didn't sleep for two years practically, right. taking care of the kids, taking care of me and the clinic. Right. And, and he was just, you know, he has been my adventure partner on everything we have been going through, having five kids, you know. Well, I like how you related to St. Joseph because he talks about St. Joseph in his story, I think, in the, in the book a little bit about his relating to St. Joseph as well. Uh, yes, also we have a story about St. Joseph, right, that how, right. but that one is a priest. Uh, okay, it's right, a priest okay. that he, he had a, a problem with his health and how he prayed to St. Joseph and yeah. it was an amazing help for him. Right, there's, I know there's one priest in there who was like blind too. Yes, uh, we have Father Jolie, mm -hmm. you know, and he, um, well, he gave me an endorsement. Right. Uh, but we have a blind man too, but right, he's not right, a priest. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, you, you also talk about in this book, thanks to the dedication of people helped to make this project, which seeks to be a ray of light in adversity, a reality. You know, sometimes people look and say, well, is this kind of a downer? I mean, it seems like, you know, everybody's got problems all the time and, uh, Catholics tend to focus on suffering a lot and, you know, shouldn't we be joy-filled? But there's a lot of suffering out there, isn't there? I mean, it probably wasn't difficult for you to find these other stories, right? Well, when I was very ill, I realized the only resource that helped me so much was the people that were also sick or that went through difficulties. Right their advice. Because they could relate to you. I remember being in the bed of the hospital and people coming super nice with candy, with chocolate, with prayers, but they were leaving the room walking. Mm. And I was there all frustrated. But a lot of people, when, when I share with people that were really dealing with the same situation, that's when my inspiration came to help me how to manage all that pain, frustration, and you go a lot of, you know, through anger when you are, when you are ill. Mm -hmm. So were you angry with God for a period of time? Yeah, yeah, some days I was like, "What is going on? Mm -hmm. I have five kids at home. What is your plan? I'm paralyzed. What right. are you gonna do with this?" Right. Of course, right. you go through different stages, you know. Um, now, answering your question about suffering, I think something that we have to realize, and I don't want to sound like a superwoman, but mm -hmm. if we realize that we don't have to have any fear of suffering the things are way better, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so what I did with this book, as you can see, is very simple. Mm -hmm. My second grader, Charles, he can read the book. And my dad that is 92, he can read the book. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when you're sick and when you're suffering, you don't have too much patience. And people come to you and wanna tell you all kind of advice and tell you what to do, but you're the only one that know you know, this is so difficult. So I try, every story is very short on purpose. Right. Because I know when you are dealing with pain, you just wanna hear something really short during the day. What I'm gonna do today with all this difficulty time? What, what right. I'm, how I'm gonna manage this? So it, it looks very simple, but it was a lot of work because, Well, you, you talk know. about the fact that uh, you, you, I guess, I, I don't know if this was uh, Glenda, is she your sister? Or yes. Said that, um, you know, the idea that you realize that patients and their families are in need of a tool which generates inner strength. And you talk about the idea, uh, she talks about the idea of you suffering at the feet of Jesus and, and, and ultimately turning it over. But also you talk about something in your situation, certainly a lot of other people's situation where the fear factor comes in because there's no clear diagnosis. 
Exactly. People know something's wrong, but they, they can't be told this is what it is. We have an amazing advantage being in this program because we have the Catholic advantage. Mm -hmm. We know we can trust in the Lord. The difficult comes when the person that is ill doesn't have the faith. It's very, it's very, very difficult. And I try to make the book, there is some stories that don't, that you don't see God on the stories, maybe like four of them. Mm -hmm. And I did it on purpose. Because sometimes the person that is having an illness doesn't have the faith. Where are you gonna, how are you gonna pull them little by little? You, know, you need to give them that ingredient and, and you have to be patient with them and see how can I evangelize them so they can deal with this better. Right. So it's, it's a big mission to find a way how to evangelize the sick and suffering. Right, well one of the points you make, physical weakness is accompanied with emotional fragility. You experience that as well, right? Yes, of course, when you get ill it's a package, right? Mm -hmm. It is finance, it is the body, it is the people around you uh, that they have to understand what you're going through. So, I mean, I used to be a complete body paralyzed in a bed for months, mm -hmm. you know, and, and also at the same time, seeing how to manage a house from the bed with the kids. Mm -hmm. But, you know, right now, seven years later, I can tell you, God was, has been nice to me mm -hmm. with everything, and thank you, Lord, that I'm here today try, trying to share and, right. and help others. Through right, this. sometimes we don't see it while it's going on and only look at it retrospectively, and we see how in, in many ways the Lord took care of us. You have this great quote in here, you have very uh, quotes throughout the book from Padre Peel, blessed be the crisis that made you grow up and, and fall, that made you look up to heaven, and the problem made you seek God. I mean, is it possible for us to dare to know that really when we're going through difficult times, it's a good time, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And if what I would say is, I know it's difficult, but if we really can just focus on serve the Lord right. and worship Him and ever, you know, eternal life, then it should be easier. Right. But of course, we're human beings. Right, right. <laughs> and it's hard when the difficult Absolutely. times come. Absolutely, that original sin uh, pops up. I don't know, it may be because <laughs> I was paralyzed in a bed, not able to do anything. Mm -hmm. And maybe on my human nature, I would take the pills for sleeping and depression and forget well, about everything. you talked about and you had to make a decision about but that. But I didn't right. do it right. because probably the love for my children and right. I had to look. You wanted to stay engaged with what was going on. Yes, definitely. And, and you know, that's why I say I better choose God and deal with this because my family needs me. Right. Well, it, I mean, it's unfortunately for so many people when they go through traumatic things like that, that's the time when they realize, and I think even with the, to a minor degree with the pandemic, people realize, I'm not totally in control. Oh yes, definitely. You know, for me it was a moment where all my body was gone after being a professional tennis player, being mm -hmm. super active, being able to control my house, my children. And, and there was a point where I was only able to contemplate them. And they were used to come to me and they were used to like, mom, brush my hair. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do anything. So I started to learn, okay, I have to surrender. There is no choice, no choice. You have a story in here in the beginning uh, about when you first were injured. There was a person named Minna and Wayne, who were they? Well, they were in the hospital 
in Shepherd Center, and that was very interesting because Wayne was a psychologist in the hospital, and he, he came to give me advice, and I didn't want to receive his advice because I said, he's walking. He can be a psychologist, but, you know, he leaves the room walking. He doesn't know what I'm going through. But then Mina came in the room of the hospital, and, and I was admiring her because she was paraplegic. Mm -hmm. And then she told me, I am Wayne's wife. So when she said that, I, I said, okay, now, mm -hmm. now I understand what Wayne is going through, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna respect my psychologist in the hospital. <laughs> like you said, because he was dealing in that kind of a situation, had a greater understanding, and you realized at the time. One of the things you point out, too, and you have a couple of stories here with uh, Jose and his father, and that idea that when somebody is suffering, for other people to say, you say, act now. A simple phone call saying I love you to a person with an illness can work miracles. Whom are you going to call today? Exactly. I mean, for Jose was a, a you know a boy with leukemia. They told him he was going to die, and mm -hmm. then his father called him and says, "Jose, I love you," mm -hmm. and that sounds very normal. But for him, it was the first time he heard that, right. and that makes him think, "I want, I want to, and I want to get better. I'm going to fight." You know. So it's amazing how just. A couple of words can change the life of somebody with an illness. I thought it was interesting because you have a, all different formats and all different chapters here. One has a couple of points of the best advice a particular person gives, but number two was don't be shy. Ask for help when you need it. 99% of people will help you. Why do you think we're so afraid to ask for help? I think proud is in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of proud. We have to check it out and let it go and, and ask for that help. It's very hard when you're used to something. For me, it was the professional tennis player, and then the next day I was in all social media asking for money. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, I didn't know if to be thankful or, or, oh, is that me? You know, asking for people to give me and go found me and everything. Right. And then you say, no, I have to ask for help. Right. People want to help. Right. In fact, you talk about not only in that, that kind of a thing of physical help or financial help, but, but prayer warrior help. You say, I'm sure my inner peace was due to hundreds of people interceding for me. Why did I feel calm despite my physical pain when nothing seemed to be right in my life? It is amazing, the, the power of the prayers. And maybe the answer is not what we want, that we mm -hmm. want to get healed and get better. But that eventually you feel peace and say, how I can have peace in the, in the middle of all this mess? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that is because the prayers of right. so many people. And you talk about here, in a particular story here, it talks about the idea of, in difficult times, the idea of, of call your mother, because she understands you better. And if your mom isn't available, then go to the Blessed Mother. Yes, that's beautiful. It's a, a lady with MS, and that was her secret. She says, call your mother when you're ill, you know. Um, and our Blessed Mother, especially for me, has been amazing, mm -hmm. giving me almost everything I need and I want, helping me for that, yeah. In, in I Suffer For You, uh, you say, I received a valuable visit from Father Wilberto Reyes, a priest from Puerto Rico who told me about the idea of learning to offer God our suffering for other people or situations. And Mother Angelica always call, used to talk about her own redemptive suffering, offering that up for others, right? It's very interesting because years ago when I was without my full health, I remember having a book of Mother Angelica, mm -hmm. and I remember I, read, I wrote one phrase that she says, suffering doesn't have any value. Mm -hmm. We can cry 
and cry and, and be sad. And it's okay, I'm not saying we, we have feelings, but if we offer it, it's amazing, you know, everything that can happen when we do that. So for me, in all my book, that is the main ingredient mm -hmm. because if you learn how to offer your sufferings, you get in a stage of privilege and purification and you get in a stage of grace that you can really manage um, anything you're going through. Right. You know, so that is very important to learn how to offer your sufferings. I used to have pictures on the wall, what, who I'm suffering for, the picture of the divine mercy, you know, to prepare for that, to anticipate if, if the suffering is coming, then you're ready because you know what you're offering for. Do you think it also helps you in a sense because you're, you're taking the focus off yourself and putting it on to others? Probably, mm -hmm. yeah. It was interesting because for me, I was suffering a lot, but the more people, you, the people that used to come and visit me, I used to ask them, what are you going through? Please tell me, I need mm -hmm. to know. Mm -hmm. So then my illness is useful. Right. So you become a missionary from the bed. You also say the same fact with that you go on to say, don't, don't stay in the past. Is that something you had to deal with? Of course, yeah. Because when, when the difficult times, the suffering and the illness come in, you start to think, oh, I used to be so happy. Imagine for me, I used to run, I used to hit the ball, and you stay there thinking about it. So an amazing ingredient is also, it's not in my book, what a nun told me when she came and visited me in the hospital. And she says, Paula, accept it. You are a new Paula, you're different. Now you're paraplegic, but you are a new person and deal with it and, and, and move forward. So I think that is very important. An angel crosses your path, an angel named Sandy, and the date February 11th, uh, Our Lady of Lords as well. So was Sandy a real person or just an angel or both? No, 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 Angie is a real person. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah, she, she told me a, a, very, a very important advice, you know, yeah. Another thing here, an oasis behind the mask. I thought this was an interesting yeah. point. This yeah. person, uh, Helen, I guess maybe. Later in life, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, this person said. A friend very wisely told me, you can believe in the diagnosis, but not in the prognosis. Well, that's, so, that's a phrase that we always hear. You know, you go to the doctor, they say, this is the diagnosis, but, you know, we, we never know what God is going to do, you know. We just have to put our eyes, place our eyes on him and trust him and see what he wants to do with everything. Mm -hmm. That is important. You have a quote from Mother Andrea de Jesus. Uh, do not be afraid of pain. Let the Holy Spirit do his work on you. Did you feel like you were being worked on? Well, yes. I mean, right now for me, it's very exciting that I can, that I can serve the Lord, you know, mm -hmm. writing the book and being a speaker after all the horrible things that happen. Mm -hmm. um, and we never know, you know. But I think it's very important just when we get ill, we start to think what is gonna happen? And we think too much in the future mm -hmm. when you just have to let, let the Holy Spirit do the things, you know. The, right. we, that's why it's hope, right? It's that trusting, right. absolutely trusting, trusting in the Lord. In the Lord. Right. And I know it's difficult, right. you know. Absolutely. It's not. Right. <laughs> if, it, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. We wouldn't be writing books about it. Exactly. Right? Uh, you also talk, in a sense, about a situation where you kind of asked for a sign and you got it. What is that? That was so beautiful. I, was, I, I think that was the day I was the most desperate. And I asked a sign to God that, because I, said, I, I, I just felt that he 
abandoned me, you know, and I was, God, give me a sign, something that you really, to know that you really care about me. And that was the first day I was able to go to Mass. They, they took me out from the hospital to the cathedral. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the Mass, the, the, the church was packed because it was Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And the priest says, I have these flowers. It was a beautiful, you know, bouquet of flowers. And he says, this is for the mother of the youngest baby here. Mm -hmm. And it was me. Oh. <laughs> and I was in the wheelchair when they bring me the flowers and say, oh, this is beautiful. But then I just felt the Holy Spirit like, Whew. and you ask me for a sign, you know, I'm taking care of you. So for me, that was super important that day. You also met another angel here uh, whose name I think angel was Angel, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> What's her story? Wow. Well, that's the most amazing story. That's why I'm able to walk right now. I was, um, you know, a person in a wheelchair. I went to the supermarket. The same day, my daughter went to Lourdes in France and prayed for me. And this girl stopped me in the supermarket after all the doctors told me, you're not going to be able to walk anymore. And she says, excuse me, I want to introduce you to what I'm wearing on my legs. And it was some special braces. Mm -hmm. And she has no feet. She got lost in, for three days in the snow. And she got hypothermia. Oh, oh and they my. have to cut her feet. Oh, and she was walking. And she told me, I got these braces, and I discovered them in Instagram. Mm -hmm. and, and she introduced me to that. And I call it the miracle of Lourdes, because that's all that happened when my daughter was praying for me in France. So it's beautiful. You have a prayer in here. Lord, I ask you to put the right people in my life so they can help me carry the burden when I need it most. Amen. Very important, right? It's uh, the right people. And if you have the right people, seek for them, you know, look for them. I think that is very important. Now, you mentioned this earlier in, in uh, the Ramp of Joy in uh, my story with, is it Pippo? People. People. Be confident your illness is a vehicle for evangelization. You'll find your mission. How do you evangelize through this? You have to be very smart. You have to, you know, we are around marketing. Um, everybody talks how we can get into the people. I think we have to pray mm -hmm. as the Holy Spirit, but be very wise. How am I going to talk to the people with an illness, to the person with an illness? You just kind of come and say, hey, let me pray for you. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. I'm praying for you. No, you have to. What is the right way? Because maybe when we have an illness, we're closer to die, right? right? So we, we have to worry more for those souls because... Um, so I think it's very important the way we do it. So for people, mm -hmm. he, he used not to believe too much. So I used to come and see him and I see him. He was from Cuba. Right. So I see him one song from Cuba and then one song from God. And then one song from Cuba, you know. So you have to look, God, how you want me to get into this soul, right? right. Now, uh, four words, Anna Polini, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think is the one that did, uh, I know she had passed away. She had an inoperable pancreatic cancer, which was a nasty disease. Uh, but she, she came around to the idea uh, of talking about God in the sense of, I am your certainty. It's that that uh, story is beautiful. She wrote it to me before she died. Mm -hmm. And that's the phrase she had on her heart. You know, I, I cannot talk for her, but she says, God told her that. Mm -hmm. And she, then she passed away. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Also, is the idea of a, a white canvas. Uh, Sally, 
Lord, I offer to you a blank canvas. I'm not going to worry about what you choose to paint. Teach me at all times to accept your brushstrokes. That, that, that kind of handing over, that trust, that's very difficult for yes. us to do. And it's funny because maybe in my case, I will never surrender that way, but it was because I didn't have another choice. All my body was paralyzed, and I say, okay, I have to surrender. Um, so that message of Sally is beautiful, you know, just like I'm a white canvas and go ahead and paint whatever you want to paint on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so nice. <laughs> now you have a, uh, near the end here, because you're also talking about not only uh, like addiction that comes up here in the story, and um, it's Corey, Corey uh, yeah. child of God, but keys to overcoming addiction. Um, I'm, I'm weak, my life is unimaginable. Without God, only God can heal me. He goes on, this is the line I thought was, I acknowledge my mistakes before God and others. It seems to be that that's the world, world we live in today. Nobody admits that anything is their fault or that anything they've done that they need to change. They always, it's like it's happening to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not my fault that it happened. So it's, it's tough for people to admit, you know what, uh, part of this is bad decisions I've made and I've got to start to make good decisions. Yeah, and if, in that case of Corey, that was interesting story. He's not Catholic. Mm -hmm. He's one of my non-Catholics. And, and it was beautiful when I met him because he accepted that he has an addiction. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the first step for right. being able to improve in life, of course, and if we can accept and, and ask for help and look for the best we can right. do. Well, just before we go, why don't you talk a little bit about your ministry and what you're doing quite, and how people can get in touch with you, like a website. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, since all this happened to me, I didn't realize with, with time I became a Catholic speaker mm -hmm. and I go everywhere. They bring me most of the time. They call me to talk about hope right. because they love that topic and I love to talk about it. Um, hope in suffering and how to, you know, deal with so many things. So I became a Catholic speaker, and, and I'm here to serve the Catholic community in the United right. States, wherever you want to bring me. Do, do you have a web address you'd like to give us? Yeah, you can go to paulaspeaker.com, and you go to paulaspeaker.com, and you can see, um, you know, all the talks that I have, and, and I'm enjoying that. But, you know, I have to confess you, my favorite part of this is that now, uh, you know, when I go to conferences, I go with my, one of my kids mm -hmm. per time. Today I have my daughter Cecilia with me. Mm -hmm. So these five kids, and they say, Mom, it's my turn. So for me, after being paralyzed and all the suffering I went through, just for us to go okay. in an airplane, be in a hotel, eat in a restaurant, have a good time, to go to the conference, sell the book, it's beautiful. Special you know? time with Yeah, you. to convert all the horrible things in beautiful things and being able to serve the Lord. Um, you know, it's something that, that I'm enjoying a lot. Absolutely. And we appreciate you. <laughs> coming uh, by and sharing. Thank you so much. Uh, and good Doug. luck in your work. And uh, of course, Paula Humana, 40 gifts of hope, encouragement in times of sickness and suffering. And boy, can we use them now. A lot of people suffering out there, a lot of sickness available naturally through the EWTN Religious Catalog, EWTNRC.com. All Things Catholic, I'm Doug Keck. Thank you for joining us here on Bookmark. We'll see you next time.